Hey, welcome everybody. This is Ty Digger for the Ty Digger Show. And today we're going to talk about Juneteenth, why we don't know about it, what is it exactly. We're going to talk about who actually discovered Juneteenth last week and a special Father's Day message at the end of our show. Sit back and relax and get ready. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Ty Digger of the Ty Digger Show, episode 13, people, 13, lucky 13. Today will be June 20th when you wake up and get this show, so let's get on with it. First and foremost, I want to wish everybody, especially my fellow brothers and sisters out there in the struggle, a happy Juneteenth. Um, We're going to get into why it should mean a little more to you right now. It should always have meant a lot to us, but... For reasons that we'll talk about in a few seconds, in just a few minutes, um, we're going to talk about why it kind of fell off after a while. Okay. Um, first and foremost, Juneteenth or Jubilee Day, Liberation Day, also known as Emancipation Day and Freedom Day, is a holiday celebrating the emancipation of those who have been enslaved in the United States. Originating in Texas, it is now celebrated annually on the 19th of June throughout the United States with varying official recognition. Specifically, it commemorates Union Army General Gordon Granger announcing federal orders in Galveston, Texas on June 19, 1865, proclaiming that all slaves in Texas were free. Now, for some of you thinking the Emancipation Proclamation actually freed the slaves, yes and no. While Lincoln's uh, proclamation did announce that all the slaves in rebel states were free, it was kind of hard to be able to enforce that in 1863, considering we're in the middle of the Civil War. So it took a few years, and honestly, the South wasn't going to give up its slaves unless at bayonet point. So continue fighting for the next two years, 
when the rebels finally, when Lee finally surrendered at Appomattox Courthouse in 1865, it took a few months later for all of the slaves to to find out that we were asleep, free. Now, some of this is because Texas was the most remote of the slave states and had a low presence of Union troops after the American Civil War ended. In fact, several Confederate armies in Texas still carried on the fight because news of the Civil War ended got to them late, and a lot of them still had, or excuse me, did not have a a large Union presence, so they was able to continue to operate. It wasn't until the Union was able to clean up those pockets and Gordon Granger being able to announce the federal orders in Galveston, Texas, that the slaves were not free. Now, although Juneteenth was commonly thought of celebrating the end of slavery of the United States, it was still illegal in practice in two Union border states, Delaware and Kentucky, until December 6, 1865, when ratification of the 13th Amendment to the Constitution abolished non-penal slavery nationwide. Now, non-penal slavery is basically being just enslaved without charges. Now, we can get into this conversation about prison and things like that, but I kind of want to stay away from that. I think that's a conversation that we can have at another time. But one of the questions is, a lot, why don't we know about it? A lot of people, a lot of African-Americans don't know. Now, for some of you that grew up in schools that actually taught it, especially in the South that actually talked about it, or African-based schools that uh, teach a lot of African history, you know it. Some of us who grew up on history know it. But a lot of our fellow Americans did not know what or do not know, still to this day, don't know what Juneteenth is. Um, compared, put that together with a lot of this racial strife that you're seeing now, Juneteenth becomes a lot more important to us. Um, it's something that we need to actually talk about and we need to celebrate because for those of you in the next couple of weeks, you're going to get a day off for the 4th of July. A lot of people talk about the 4th of July as Independence Day. But if you're African or African descent, a lot of your a lot of your relatives or ancestors were not freed on the fourth of July at the end of the or at the end of the American Revolution. They did not see their freedom. Again, we can talk about the controversy and hypocrisy behind that, but I just want to just let that be known before we can move on. All right, so we wasn't free, and it wasn't Juneteenth when the blacks in Texas found out or were notified that they were free. And before I move on, I want to say, I think a lot of African-Americans, African slaves heard of the Emancipation Proclamation in Texas. But as I said before, Lincoln didn't have the power to enforce it. He couldn't get troops there quick enough to be able to enforce it even after the Civil War. And keep in mind, Lincoln dies several days, uh, roughly a week after the uh, Civil War. So there's a lot of uh, uh, uproar going on in Washington, D.C., chasing John Wilkes Booth, burying Lincoln, bringing in Andrew Johnson, and um, things of that nature. Probably slowed down the Union uh, being able to enforce those laws, um, enforce the end of slavery in Texas. Okay, so when you're talking to somebody who doesn't understand that what Juneteenth is, um, 
don't go in on them, white or black, because you got to understand, we're simply not taught this in American history. That moment is not talked about. Now, we talked about the Civil War. We talked about the end of slavery, as brief as it was. We talked about Reconstruction in high school. But we did not really discuss what Juneteenth is. And a lot of us growing up, a lot of people growing up, actually felt like it sounded like a made-up holiday. So take this time to educate each other. Because honestly, a lot of your brothers and sisters simply don't know. And I'd be surprised if, if there's not still people who don't know. So the education must continue. But I do believe that it gets a little more um, important now. Um, I see a lot of African-Americans really leaning towards that day. And there's been a big push over the last 10 or so years to make it a national holiday, to um, keep that into their American conscience. Because at the end of the day, we celebrate Chinese New Year. We celebrate a lot of uh, Jewish holidays. Um, we celebrate Cinco de Mayo. Um, but we got to understand that if we're in this country, that holiday needs to be respected, too. And if anybody white who hears this has an issue with it, you got to take it up with those slave owners who created the system of shadow, chattel uh, slavery that created the need for a Juneteenth, that created the need for an American Revolution. I mean, excuse me, for a civil war that created the need for a Voting Rights Act. Um, a lot of the stuff people get tired of hearing of, a lot of the past people don't want to get brought up. You got to understand that their people actually created the need for that. All right. So right now we're going to go to a commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the man who takes credit for discovering Juneteenth. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Um, now, as we continue our Juneteenth conversation, I want to introduce you to the man who actually found out and told everybody else about Juneteenth. That is our 45th president of the United States, Donald Trump. Trump says in a statement last week after his failed attempt to have his uh, quote-unquote pep rally in Tulsa on June 19th that nobody knew about Juneteenth until he actually put the date there. He even said that he always planned on having that rally on June 19th and didn't realize that the holiday fell on that day. Now, I want to make this clear that I think for those of us who knew about Juneteenth, everybody knew that that holiday was always on the 19th. Um, what amazes me about Trump's comments is the fact that people actually, one, believe it, two, didn't shout him down when he actually made it. But I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about the gall that it takes for a man to say black people didn't know about Juneteenth until he started talking about it. This man is going to take credit or attempt to take credit for everything. And it gets so exhausting trying to correct him. But this is one of those childlike qualities when you deal with children. Um, a lot of times children are going to hang on to the lie until you prove it. 
especially when they're dealing with people who do not have direct authority over them. Now, parents are able to work a lie out of or work the kid to tell them the truth. But when you have teachers or any adult in the street, sometimes children will hang on to the lie because at the end of the day, they can always tell you what proof do you have? Did you do you have proof of me saying it? Did you see me saying it? And they're going to hang on to that lie. Even if you saw them say it, they're going to hang on to that lie because the parent that you're reporting to wasn't there. And you expect that from kids. You don't expect that from the president of the United States. Now, I'm not going to get into Trump's potential um, issues with health or if he has dementia or anything like that. But this is very disturbing when a man can say things and nobody is allowed to challenge him. It's very disturbing when he can be as racist as he can possibly be and then turn around and say, well, he didn't say that. Or he can rile up a fan base and turn around and say, well, I didn't actually tell them to do that. They did that on their own. Um, just the fact that he was going to have it in Tulsa on Juneteenth, on June 19th, makes it a huge issue for me. Um, it's it's troubling to think about that a person would attempt to um, make that comment or claim and just keep on rolling like nothing happened. Like, I need him to know that everybody, most people knew about Juneteenth. Now, I did say there are people that didn't know, but enough people know about it where he can't make that claim that he actually discovered it, not discovered it, but he actually put people on to the idea that Juneteenth was coming. Like, and I also want him to know that we was gearing up for Juneteenth for the last couple months. Um, we, a lot of people was been looking forward to this for, for a long time now, since last year, actually, we've been gearing up for this after he won his quote unquote impeachment. And I got tossed under the, under the, um, table. And we'll talk more about that uh, sometime next week. But the man thinks he's invincible. The man has riled up police for some reason against his citizens who are mostly African-American or people of color because he's not riling them up against whites. He's riling them up against us. Um, so I think a lot of us, and when I was talking about earlier, like it means a little more to us now. We need to understand that our freedom is extremely important and we need to honor the people who worked hard, who gave their lives, who sacrificed hunger strikes and what have you to be able to give us this freedom. The freedom for me to be able to get on a podcast and talk about the government is a freedom that I did not enjoy or a person like me did not enjoy 60 years ago, 100 years ago, 150 years ago. We did not enjoy this freedom, okay? The United States wasn't free for all of us, and for some of us, it still isn't free. We still don't free, feel free in this country, but the luck of the cards, a lot of us are now stuck here. So when we talk about freedom, we talk about Juneteenth, we talk about the day that everybody in this country found out that they are free the day that the union forces came in and enforced that freedom all across this land. 
it should be a little more important to you now. Even for those of you that were not big on black issues, now is the time for you to come in on black issues. Now is the time for you to speak up. Now is the time for us to talk about what black women go through. And I want to keep on banging that drum every week if I have to. I want to talk about what black women, black trans, uh, black queer brothers and sisters are dealing with here in these streets. So Juneteenth is just not freedom for straight people. Juneteenth is freedom for all. And as we work towards freedom, and I said this last week, I'm going to say this again. I don't want freedom for our people if it doesn't include everybody. When the North finally conquered the South, Grant's terms was unconditional surrender. We should be working towards unconditional victory. There's no, okay, you're free or you have your rights, but we don't got to give the rights to the gays, the women, the trans people, the queers, the non-binary folks. And I'm pretty sure I've missed a few, but for the most part, all blacks need to be free and not even all blacks. I want people of all color to be able to enjoy the liberties here in the United States. I don't want racial discrimination towards anybody of any color. Maybe the Asians and a lot of Latinos don't feel that way about us, but I feel like as African-Americans, we need to be better than that. Okay. We need to fight for freedom for everybody. And I believe when we take those streets and when we're marching, we are fighting for that freedom. We are fighting for the right for cops not to abuse citizens in the street. So I just want to make that clear. Freedom for all, either all or none. And furthermore, what I want from you guys this weekend, if you can, take a break. I, I want this weekend, I want Juneteenth to be celebrated. I want you to celebrate. And I don't want you to celebrate that by um, putting yourselves in danger. But if you feel like that needs to happen, go for it. But I also want you to understand that you don't have to do that this weekend. I want you to celebrate being black. I want you to love your skin. I want you to love your brothers and sisters. I want you to hang out, grill out if you need to. You know, kick it. Enjoy this weekend. Ah, so I have that out the way. Speaking of this weekend, special uh, shout out to all you fathers out there coming up right after the break. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. And finally, we're going to talk about what's going on on Sunday. Sunday is, as you probably know it, Father's Day. And just a little special shout out to all the people out there who are, to all the brothers who are out there who are taking care of their business. Um, even to those brothers who are fathering children who they do not create because stepfathers are important too. Stepfathers are as important as stepmothers. They're as important as real fathers. They're an important part of a child's life. And it's a lot of responsibility to step in to be able to take care of a child that's not yours. It's a lot of responsibility 
just to come in, period, and take care of a child. That's why I tell people all the time to be careful when they talk about creating kids and to make sure this is what you want. Because when the kid is here, all that partying and stuff goes out the window. Buying new stuff for yourself goes out the window because that child needs come first. And when we talk about the child's need, we're just not talking about money. We're talking about spending time with the child, teaching the child something, being able to give the child advice, give advice to the best that you can do. And I know there's a lot of brothers out there who are in tough situations right now who feel like, you know, I'm not a good father or I can't provide for my child the way I want to provide. Just understand that sometimes a child doesn't need money. They just simply need you to be there. That's all they need for you to be there, for you to be around, for you to love them. And that's what they want. From their father. Yes, the gifts are cool, the new sneakers are cool, being able to provide the new toys or whatever, that's awesome. But most importantly, they need that guidance. And a lot of children are now coming into a world. I mean, just look at the news right now. Just look what's going on. These children look to us, they look to you for that guidance. They look to you for that advice. They look for you to make to make um, sense of what's going on, what they're seeing right now. So I want everybody to give themselves a pat on the back. The job's not over, but I see you. I see what you're doing, and I appreciate what you're doing. Um, Just working with kids myself, you can see it in their eyes. They have questions. They have concerns. They are worried about things. So it's not an easy job. Actually, when I first announced that I was having my son, my wife was pregnant, one of my friends pulled me to the side and said, it's the toughest job you ever love. And he was right. It is the toughest job that I've ever been a part of. It's in this nonstop, it's 24-7. Even if you're not there with the mother of your child, you should work hard to be in that child's life. And sometimes some of that fellas, It's simply swallowing your pride. Yo, I get it. Relationships end. You and your your baby moms are beefing. Uh, You're going back and forth. But you have to be the adult in that situation. And yes, I could address the women who are making it tough for men to take care of their kids. But I'm not going to do that today. I'm talking to you right now. I'm talking to the men. Find a way. Find a way to be in that child's life. The day I held my son, I told myself I would never not be a part of this young man's life. I'm always going to be there for him. Even if me and his mom fall out or we have disagreements, I'm still going to be there with him to my last breath. Even as he is an adult, I will be there for him for advice. My dad, we didn't grow up together, but my dad was always there for advice. I always had a male figure. Even if it wasn't my dad, there was a male figure in my life who was there for me. And I want to be that man there for him. Okay. And for you brothers that are not handling your business, yo, get back on the ball. That child needs you. You laid down to create that child. I don't want to hear no complaining about child support being taken out. You created that child. So therefore it is your responsibility. No, not responsibility. It is your duty to be there for that child. My father-in-law told me my child's naming ceremony my um 
he told me that a child is what makes you a man. Okay, once you lay down and you create this baby and you bring this child into the world, taking care of it makes you a man. All that stuff that you did before, any women that you were with before, any feats of strength that you commit, like, none of that makes you a man. Being able to come, stay at home and take care of your responsibilities, that makes you a man. And I took that to heart. And I think a lot of brothers, and I want to be clear, I am talking to the brothers today because again we talk about Juneteenth this should be special to us it should mean a lot to us raising our children into functioning adults should mean just as much so I don't care if you're out in the streets if you're out in the streets but you're not taking care of your children not taking care of your home you're not doing the cause any justice you're, you're just creating another young person who's going to be better that they didn't have a parent and some kids grow up like that. They didn't have nobody there. And those kids want that discipline. They want you there. So go back home first. Take care of home before you can go out in that street and march for us. Take care of your children before you can go and try to take care and bring justice to Breonna Taylor or George Floyd or Tamir Rice, um, Sandra Blind, so on and so on. You got to take care of home first because if you don't take care of home, you don't take care of yourself, you don't take care of your family, all that walking around the streets means absolutely nothing. And I want you to take that with you as you sit back and you chill and you get your little barbecue or whatever. Um, I want you to keep that in mind that, yes, that day is to honor you, but the job that you're committed to is 365 days a year. Understood? See you guys on Tuesday. Take care. Have a safe Juneteenth weekend and an amazing Father's Day. See you later. Take care of yourselves. Ty Digger, out.